everyone and welcome back to Partners in Crime. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Caroline. And this week we're going to be reading two stories again and Caroline's going to start first. Today we're going to be talking about the Wichita Massacre. It was a killing spree in Wichita, Kansas and it lasted from December 8th to the 14th in 2000. Uh, it resulted in five people dead. That's including a dog. No. That is not including a dog. Um, and one person <laughs> injured. Wait, what? <laughs> You said it's including a dog. and Five no. people dead plus a dog. So six, including the dog. Five. Five people, including the yes. dog? Yes, okay. no. No. Five yes, people plus no. a dog. Okay, we'll leave it at that. Five people plus a dog. <laughs> <laughs> so it transformed the city that you didn't really have to lock your doors into a town where people started getting guns at very much increasing rates um, after this event. So... It was committed by the Carr brothers, and there, there are two of them. The oldest one is Reginald, and he was born in 1978, and there's a younger one, Jonathan, who was born in 1980. They both had a sister named Regina, who was in between them, born in 1979, but in 81, Regina was diagnosed with leukemia, and very unfortunately, she um, was overtaken by the disease by her third birthday. So... This is where you can kind of sense that maybe not everything is okay with the brothers. Jonathan, the younger one, had a very normal grieving reaction to Regina's death, but then Reginald simply detached himself and showed no emotion towards the loss of his younger sister. And as time passed, it kind of showed that he was not able to form any empathy towards anyone. Um... So the death of a sibling can affect anyone negatively, but not having a stable, positive household for them to receive emotional support well, only worsened it. They had a terrible home life. The, their parents ended up getting a divorce, and the father left, never saw him again. And the mother started going out with boyfriends and leaving them alone by the time Reginald was six. And so the younger brother is only like four at this point, and they're fending for themselves. And it was during this time um, where they started drinking and having sex while still attending elementary school. Oh, my God. So That's so young. Mm-hmm. Six years old is when it started. Who are you having sex with at six years old? He actually, one of them was his cousin. And then it was just, like, kids in his neighborhood. It's so, yeah. That's crazy. So did all of that happen after the sister died? So the sister died young? Yes. Okay. When Reginald was four, and then Jonathan would have been like two. Um, and also, during this time, at age seven, Jonathan attempted to hang himself. His first suicide attempt. At seven years old. Oh my god. At age 13, Reginald was already a gang member and dealing drugs. And in the eighth grade, he was suspended from school for sex, for sexually harassing a teacher. And he later fully dropped out of school at age 15. At age 17, Reginald was arrested for robbing a bookstore, but he only received probation. But not long after this, he was arrested again for various charges such as, such as assault, robbery, and was sent to prison. Reginald's incarceration worsened Jonathan's depression and he Jonathan ended up drinking antifreeze to try to kill himself again. Thankfully he was rushed to a hospital and had a stomach problem. So 
so he was all right. But um, in the spring of 2000, Reginald was released from jail. And in the fall of 2000, they both moved to Wichita from Dodge City. So this is where the crime crime spree begins. They didn't waste much time. So on December 8th, the pair committed armed robbery against 23-year-old baseball coach Andrew Schreiber. Um, The story went that they pulled up to a gas station and Reginald pulled a gun to the guy and was like, get over into the passenger seat, which he did. And then Reginald ended up pistol whipping him because he wasn't moving fast enough. And then Jonathan got in the car and they took him to an ATM for him to take his money out. And then they drove him out to a field and he thought he was going to die because they told him, like, get on the ground, put your hands above your head. And... He said he heard gunshots go out, but they were only shooting his car because they had brought their own car out there. And they just left him to die. To not die. They just left him out there. So he didn't die. <laughs> he didn't die. Okay. He didn't. Um, three days after that, the pair attempted to carjack 55-year-old librarian Anne Walenta. Sweet lady. I saw a picture of her. She looked like a grandma. Oh, no. Not the Grammy. So she tried to drive away because she was already in her car, but they shot her multiple times. And a neighbor called 911 because her head went forward and um, hit the car horn. Um. So he called the police, and she ended up going to the hospital. So on December 14th, around 11 p.m., the brothers broke into a home that belonged to a group of friends. The, the friends' names are Brett Hecka, who is 27, Heather Muller, 25, Aaron Sander, 29, Jason Bedford, 26, H.G., 25. Her real name has not been disclosed. Just H.G.? Just H.G. And H.G.'s dog, Nikki. And Jason and H.G. were dating. And that was, everyone else was just friends. So, the brothers broke in around 11, and they forced the group to unclothe and go into a bedroom closet altogether. This is where it gets kind of a little content warning, maybe. Um, so, for over an hour... They would bring two of them out at a time and have them perform sexual acts on each other. Um, it started with the bringing out the two women, Heather and HG, and having them perform oral sex on each other. And then they brought out each of the guys to have sex with HG. And Aaron was a uh, practicing to become a priest, and so he was like, no, I can't do it. So... Aaron refused. He was like, I can't do this. And they hit him with the butt of the gun. And then they had HG go back into the closet, and they brought Heather out. And they were like, okay, have sex with her. And he was like, I, I can't do it. You know, this, is, this isn't right. You're not going to make me do this. They ended up beating him with a golf club. Jesus. And was like, go back in the closet. And they, then they brought out Jason and Brad and made them have sex with Heather. So... I mean that's very that's pretty traumatic. That like, is so traumatic. Like think like you're friends with these people and, and uh, just like I don't know thinking about that. How, like Mm-mm. I have no like I don't know what to even. That's they Actually, shoved them in a closet and like one by one was like okay you got them. The only pair that they were like you guys can't have sex was um, Jason and HG. They found out they were dating, and they were like, nope, can't have sex. And then, yeah, I don't know. I thought that was kind of weird. That's so weird, yeah. It's like a big power move. Like, this is the only thing that would make you comfortable. Yeah. In a way. 
And you can't do it. I don't know. I thought that was strange. The whole thing is strange. Mm-hmm. So after this series of traumatic events, uh, Reginald took Brad to the ATM to withdraw his money. While Reginald's gone, Jonathan brought out HG and raped her. Uh, Reginald came back and then took Jason to the ATM. And while he was gone that time, he then raped Heather, Jonathan did. And then Reginald came back, Reginald raped HG, and uh, Jonathan raped Hannah again. So this is, it's just, I feel so bad for these girls. Oh yeah. Like, these are your last moments. Um, So after this, the, uh, the brothers began to ransack the house for valuables, and they ended up finding this coffee can that had an engagement ring in it, and Jason was going to propose to HG later that month, and that's how she found out. Oh, my God. Yeah, so... I assume they die. Well. <laughs> well. It's going to be a true crime without it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After this long night of torture, the Carr brothers drove the group to a soccer field and ordered them all out on their knees and told them to look away from them. They were all shot execution style, but only four of the five died. HG was wearing a metal barrette. The bullet hit it and deflected, and she she played dead, and then they left. And as the brothers were leaving, they ran over everyone. So they ran over HG as well but she you know just stuck with it I, I assume didn't scream you know that's so much pain um, so they ended up driving away the car brothers drove back to the uh, house that they were at and they that's when they killed the dog Nikki R.I.P. Nikki they just shot the dog just shot the dog could have oh left it alone oh my god they could have left the dog you know um, what terrible people <laughs> so not not the murdering of everyone else, just, but the no, dog. No, like the whole thing is terrible people. <laughs> I wasn't just saying the dog, but they could have left the dog alone. Right. Um, so back to HG. She ran to a house and called 911. And based on the tips from the community, the police arrested Reginald and Andrew Sniper, the guy from before, who they uh, just left in a field. He was the one who positively identified Carr as one of the men who robbed him earlier that week, and then Jonathan was uh, apprehended when his ex-girlfriend's mother called the police on him. And it was Anne Walletta who identified both brothers out of a lineup before she succumbed to her gunshot wounds and died. That's really sad. The old lady? Yeah. No. She was, she was alive long enough to identify them. Well, at least she got him. Yeah. But, um, the brothers were charged with capital murder aggravated kidnapping, robbing, rape, and animal cruelty, and they are both sentenced to be executed. They, they're still alive, though. They're still on death row. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was that's the Wichita Massacre. It's really... That's a heavy case. Yes. I had actually never heard of it. I've never heard of it either. Um, it was all random, yeah. which is the worst part of it. They just... It didn't matter who you were. They just... I mean, they were their friends, though, right? Mm-mm. Like, it, Oh, I thought you said it was a friend group. All of the people in the house were friends. All the people friends. were friends. They weren't friends with them. Okay. I misunderstood that. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, no. So, they had just moved there. Mm-hmm. Like, a couple weeks. The friend group? Or the... The, the Carr brothers. Oh, okay. They moved to Wichita. Okay. And just started murdering people. Yeah, that's... That's terrifying. That's, oh, that is terrifying. 
Like, especially to, like, a small town of people that just think everything's, you know, like, nobody's gonna rob you, harm you. Right. It's like, you know everybody. And then these two guys just come and ruin all of that. Um, HG, though, that's some crazy, like, she just laid there and get run over. Like, no, no sounds. The fact that it hit a hairpin. Right. And whoop. That's crazy. It's like, I want to know the percentage of that. It's happened. very small. Right. There's no way. I wonder how big it was. I mean, this is, this was early 2000s. You know so that shit probably, was clunky. Yeah. A clunky <laughs> yeah, hairpin. Right. But no, that's, that's a heavy one. That is a heavy one. Well. <laughs> now into another heavy case. Um, It's not as heavy. Hmm. It's kind of short, but I saw this on Twitter just by chance, and I was like... What? Like, I audibly said what when I read the headline because it was so crazy. But um, on Christmas Eve in 2011, William Wallace allegedly killed his wife, Zazelle Preston, by pushing her into a glass coffee table. Allegedly? Allegedly. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. The incident occurred during a violent argument, and Wallace's attorney says that his client was being accused of something that wasn't his fault because apparently she got really drunk and fell into the table. Mm, okay. But it's been reported that he had threatened to kill her before and there was a lot of um, domestic abuse in that relationship. Not good. Not so good he probably most likely did it. Allegedly. But the article said allegedly, so. We can't get sued. Yeah, I had to throw that. I had to throw the word allegedly around. But um, someone was quoted saying that, full of arguing and yelling, but also love about their relationship. <laughs> um, I don't think that's love. I'm not sure how that goes together, but... If, if your man is threatening, if anyone is threatening to kill you... It's not love. Not a relationship you, yeah, you need get, to be in. Get out. Get Go out. find other people. Yeah. Um, but on Christmas morning the following day, um, he took her body... Propped her body on the couch, put sunglasses on her, and um, let her sit there while their three children opened their Christmas presents. He watched Weekend at Bernie's a little too many times. <laughs> yeah. um, the kids were eight years old, three years old, and a seven-week-old baby. No! Yeah. And their dead mother was See, watching. okay, maybe I could get behind it if she fell and he immediately called. No, but then he you, never called. Yeah, exactly. You said the. When did she die? Like how many? She died Christmas her? Eve. Okay. And Christmas morning, her body was propped on the couch. I didn't want to ruin Christmas for the kids. Yeah, that's what he said. He said, "Mommy got drunk and ruined Christmas," is what he said. Um, to the kids. He was arrested later that day on Christmas Day, and he was. Who ratted him out? I don't know. I never found that. Like who figured it out maybe the kids kind of like went to a neighbor or a neighbor heard something I don't know what happened there's no information about how he got found out but he was arrested later that day and he's been on first degree murder charges since then um I don't know why this was just being reported recently because I saw two articles that day like on different social media places it was in 2011 um I don't know why it happened now um but I thought one of the articles named him as a Florida man, and it was like, Florida man kills wife and mm-hmm. props her up on the couch, and I just thought that was funny, because like, all the Florida man memes that had happened before. But it happened in California, it happened in Anaheim. 
but he was apparently from Florida. I don't know. There's something there. Um, but yeah, that's the rest. That's like that's all of it. That's all I could find. I don't know why they were reporting it. I bet like his parents or like the wife's parents came over for Christmas. Oh yeah, that makes sense. And they were like, um, <laughs> she's dead. She's dead, buddy. What are you talking about? Do? She's fine. <laughs> yeah. She got drunk. Got sunglasses. She's hungover. That's it. Don't don't bother her. She had a rough night. Like, oh my god. Like the seven week old baby. I wonder if he Okay. Here's my here's my theory. Yes. Based off nothing. Mm. I wanna think that she did fall. She had a drinking problem. Okay. And she was sp- spreading rumors saying that he said he was gonna kill me. And actually he's a loving husband. This is all all theory. And so she fell, and then he was grieving because he loved his wife, would never hurt her. And then he did, how are you, he knew he wouldn't be strong enough. But I mean, like, if you fall onto a glass table and hit your head, I feel like you might be able to be saved if it's not that bad of an injury, <laughs> if the ambulance was called at that moment, which they weren't. So you're gonna take the man's side on this one? I, I would like to do it. Why? This man really propped her up. It's like, it's a, it's easy to be like, yeah, he's, I don't know, it's just fun. I mean, I, I understand, but <laughs> if I'm If I was gonna a go lawyer and him. I had this case, I would take that. I'd be like, this is the a little puzzle for it. you. Yeah. She died. And, because, okay, it's not like a Bates Motel type thing where she'd been dead for like months. And when he was dressing up as her. You ever hear about... Bates Motel's a very good show, by the way. <laughs> Everybody should watch that. Okay, so I know I know we have said that the article, you know, he had a history of beating his wife. I still... You don't trust that article. I don't trust the article. I mean, not all articles are... True. <laughs> Hot take, everyone. I mean, they're not. But, Sometimes like, I'm gonna go... Yeah, fake news as... So you agree? No! I think that he did it because he was in jail for beating his wife. If that's true, allegedly. One one source. Okay, but, like, I just feel like multiple things I've seen on all the articles, there was something about him being his wife or threatening to kill her. And sure, she could have lied about it, but I'm not going to take the man's side. Okay. Okay. Here's the thing. Okay. So... That happened 10 years ago, and he still hasn't been sentenced? He's in jail. He got arrested is, is for Is he it. in jail for, like, until... He, but he hasn't been sentenced yet. It said first-degree murder. Like, like he's actually charged. Because, okay, here, here's what I'm getting at. Yes. If he's just in jail because he's the main suspect, and they haven't... Like, he hasn't been able to get out of bond... What is taking so long? This was a seven. This article was released seven days ago, and it said here murder trial, Orange County murder trial. So I guess the trial is just now beginning. Exactly. That's why there's articles about it. So Which why has it took so long? That's what I'm insane. saying. If it was ten years ago, and he's still being sentenced, I think they're having some trouble. Being like, okay, like finding the cause of death. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they could obviously say, we think you pushed her. 
Yeah. And then she fell. But I mean, the kids, well, I guess they were probably asleep. Also, they're children. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, they're older now. Yeah, uh, I feel The like... case was presented to jurors Monday, and this article was published March 9th, so whenever that Monday was last week. Um, I don't know. The trial began this week, this past week. I want to say innocent till proven guilty. I mean, obviously innocent. On this till one proven only. Guilty. I'm sure the family's like he did it. Like her family. But they haven't come out with a cause of death. I mean, they did. Like, she fell into a vault. She hit her head. Mm-hmm. That was the cause of death. I don't know. I want to see the tox- toxicology report. <laughs> you want the evidence. I want the evidence. I, I mean, I obviously, you're not. You're innocent until proven guilty. I agree with that. So, okay, fine. Like, what was her BAC? Was it high enough yeah. to the fact that she would be stumbling? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like there's more to it, and I just want it. Yeah, well, I want all the. I want to be on the jury. If if the jury. <laughs> if there's more updates, because this is ongoing trial, mm-hmm. we'll provide the updates from this episode. Um, your case is over though. Dead and gone. Dead and gone. Been gone since when did I have it? I don't really know. Two thousand. Two thousand. That's twenty one. Twenty one years ago. Um. Yeah, that was crazy. It was very heavy. HD is a trooper. Honestly. Her dog, though. Like, you kill all my friends she was and my dog. I was going to get engaged, though, right? Yes. That sucks. Can I tell you something crazy that I didn't mention? Mm-hmm. I heard one podcast talk about this. Mm-hmm. They said that when she got to the house where she had them call 911, she was like, don't do it yet, because she thought she wasn't going to survive. Because she, I think she had, like, internal bleeding mm-hmm. from being ran over. Yeah. Um, and they, she sat them down and was like, here's my story. And made them like repeat it until she thought that they could, if she died, That's they would smart. be. Well, I thought, like, why not be like, hey, go ahead and call the ambulance. And then I'll tell them when they get here. And then, like, while they're on oh, the phone, no, I'll sense. go ahead and start telling you then. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I just thought that was kind of strange. Or she could have wrote it down. Yeah, there could, there's better ways to and go about that, I she guess. She made them call her mom and also uh, her boyfriend's parents to tell them what was happening. Before the police? Yeah. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of Partners in Crime. I'm Caroline. And I'm Kaylee. And tune in next week for another case.